Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Matt Locke. Matt is an author and endurance athlete helping others reach their peak performance. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I am excited about harnessing human potential. But before we get into that, let's get into your background. Can you share it with the listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, my name uh, is Matt Locke, and I'm a global advocate for everyday athletes. Uh, and I, on a daily basis, I run a business called The Bay Games, which is based in Jervis Bay, uh, which is about three hours south of Sydney in Australia. I have to say it's a little piece of paradise that uh, I stumbled across a couple of decades ago and was determined to call home one day which I now do. And uh, at the Bay Games, we run functional fitness events and we have a a workplace wellness program for in-person and remote teams. And as you've mentioned, it's all about harnessing human potential. And that's both at work and in life. So what exactly is an everyday athlete? That's such a good question. Um, So an everyday athlete, as far as we consider them, um, I mean, frankly, it's the 99.99% of the population. And in simple terms, if you're not making your living as a, a sports professional or an elite athlete, um, then by default, you're an everyday athlete. Um, so it's someone who might swim three or four times a week, but they wouldn't say when asked, I'm a swimmer, or they play footy at the weekend, but they wouldn't call themselves or identify as a footballer per se. Um, and I guess other ways of understanding uh, the realities of everyday athletes' lives. It's that they're typically going to work. They they don't get paid to be an athlete and therefore they, they go to work. They, they sort of ha- have family and work commitments, life commitments, and yeah, would normally engage in some form of sport or physical exercise um, because they know it's good for them, because they enjoy it, because it's an escape. Um, yeah, any of those reasons or more. But uh, you know, it's certainly something that uh, is in their life. But meanwhile, um, it's not what they do for a living. So I think that's how we, we define everyday athletes. I like I like it. Yep. I am an everyday tennis athlete. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> so how do we how do we harness human potential then? Sure. Well, I guess, look, if we start with the three um, cornerstones of our business um, and everything that we do is about increasing human connection, promoting physical health and really importantly, improving mental well-being. And certainly we're closely aligned with Lifeline Australia um, down here in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, Lifeline Australia is a national body that, um, I mean, for people basically in their darkest moments, um, if they don't have someone that they feel they can talk to in their lives, they can call Lifeline and for sure 24-7, there's someone they can talk to. And sadly, especially through uh, the pandemic um, phase, that, that's increased to a call every 30 seconds, 24 wow. hours a day, yeah, seven days a week. It's yeah, staggering numbers. Um but I, look, for me, when we talk about human potential, I think um, I, you know, pandemics aside um, or natural disasters aside, um, the biggest opportunity or potential, if you will, that exists on this planet resides within the humans that inhabit it. It's us. It's within us. And to try and capitalize on that, I guess we, we need to understand what motivates people, what really motivates people to operate at their best level, you know, to... to to lead with their best foot, to, to operate at a level of high performance. And 
certainly in in my own life um i mean at the time of recording this i'm um mid to late 50s that's as close as i'm getting um <laughs> but I've, I've seen the uh, the life-changing potential that sports and fitness can bring not only to an individual's life such as me um but also to the world and i guess if we are serious about um, harnessing human potential, then we need, and, and here we're talking about everyday athletes, you know, 99.99% of the population, then ultimately we need to meet them where they are. Um, and that is, you know, most adults uh, spend around 70% of their awake life uh, at work. And so, yeah, we, we need to meet them where they are. And look, you, you play tennis, you, you know how that makes you feel. And for, for any of your listeners who whether they play tennis, netball, um, baseball, whether they go to the gym, maybe they're into functional fitness such as CrossFit or F45, or um, they might play 40, whatever it is that they're doing, um, they're typically, on the whole, it's it's with other people. Um, and there's a certain magic that occurs in those environments. There's a certain way it makes you feel. It's a, There's a certain sense of accountability that comes to bear, especially in a team environment. Um, even if there's just two people in the team, um, the, there's a greater sense of connection that comes to bear. And, and unfortunately, what we see is that, you know, there's a certain magic. It's Even in a gym class, for example, there's a certain kind of magic that occurs. You know, you see people sweating together, suffering together, but they're yeah. smiling together. Um, and there's a certain sense of magic that occurs that, that is so hard to reproduce in a business environment, but it's the same people. And that's the thing that I've often found curious is, you know, in my sporting endeavors and uh, everything we do at the Bay Games, it really is this most amazing um, sense of connection and, and the, you know, the spirit of it is so good. Yet those same people in a work environment somehow struggle to recreate that. And the businesses or the leaders of those businesses struggle to recreate that. And so that's where I believe that, that the greatest potential lies when we talk about harnessing that, that massive human potential we have available. I, I love that. And I was thinking um, as you were talking about uh, when I'm on the tennis court with other people, it's based on having fun and of course, you know, nice little competitive spirit. And when you get into the workplace, it's almost like humans like to organize themselves in a hierarchical faction, uh, fashion, right? Like, oh, that's the CEO or, yeah, you know, oh, that's the janitor. But like when you're out on the tennis court, it's like we're all equal. We're all here to have fun. We're all here in our human element. That's exactly right. It's such a good point. Um, and look, a business... An organization needs structure, of course. There has to be some sort of hierarchy. It has in just to, to organize and function. Um, but when it comes to uh, untapping or, or tapping into that human potential, um, certainly that's why I, I authored the book Lead by Example. I, I believe we all have an individual responsibility and opportunity to lead by example. So it doesn't matter where in the organization chart your name sits. Absolutely irrelevant from my perspective. Oh, yeah. Well, top or bottom, in the middle, doesn't matter because you still have the opportunity to lead by example and have a really positive influence, not only over your own life, by, but, but, but on those lives that are immediately around you. And I tend to think of it about, you know, we, I think all of us live in a bubble. Um, and within that bubble, yes, we have work, we have home, we have everything in between. Um, and I think we have the opportunity to, to positively impact everything everyone within our bubble. So it doesn't matter whether you're at the top of the organization chart or the bottom, utterly irrelevant. Um, you have your own bubble and therefore 
how you operate within your bubble is absolutely your responsibility. Something you have control over, which is in itself is empowering, just to make that realization. Um, and look, in, in the book, the one thing that it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me, um, and it's in chapter two of, of the book, um, which is the, the power of people. And there was a a positive psychologist called Ross Hastings, who was gracious and kind enough to help me with chapter two. And, you know, look, in my background, I've got a corporate background and I'm sort of in an international sort of senior corporate roles for two decades or more, living the corporate dream, traveling the world, running teams and three different continents, all of that good stuff. And I said it with a sigh, uh, somewhat deliberate. It's a very honest, <laughs> natural sigh, I have to say. Um, the company I worked for were, were great, really great. Everything about it was great. I lived in Singapore. Um, I worked with some great people. They were great employers. And and it just, I lost my way. I just, just had no sense of purpose anymore, but I couldn't really pinpoint it. When I said I was going to move on and uh, sort of forge my own path, which is what I'm now doing with the Bay Games, a, a load of people, both at work and at play, said, oh, you're mad. Like, what, why would you do that? You know, you, you're on a good wicket. And I was, <laughs> no question. I was in a really great position, but it just didn't have a sense of purpose. Um, I guess my why was missing. It had changed maybe. Um, and Ross was gracious enough to help me understand something called the self-determination theory. And it's something I'd love to share with, with you and your audience, because for me, it was a light bulb moment. And it helped explain um, why I had been able to feel that way. Um, and really importantly, what I could do about it. Uh, and the self-determination theory, it, it's a real thing. It's not Ross's theory. It's uh, something that uh, exists within <laughs> psychology. Um, and he, he was helping me understand. But it, it really does help us at large understand how, how social and cultural factors promote or detract from not only people's motivation, but, but also their initiative, their uh, resilience, creativity, well-being, and frankly, the overall quality of their performance. And, it, and it's based on three fundamental psychological needs. And I think that was the thing that got me. Like these really are, you know, baked into our psychology. Um, and it's the, what motivates the self to initiate behavior. And conditions that support these needs are competence, autonomy, and relatedness. And these are said to have, or create at least, high levels of motivation for and engagement in an activity, and therefore high levels, and really importantly, persistence and performance. So certainly, um, I, I now certainly move in a world around that exists around functional training, functional fitness. So um, for, for ease of understanding for, for your audience, and that's often better known, you know, the CrossFit world, which is just a brand of functional training or F45. Again, it's functional training. They're, they're brands. And we are neither of those. We're just using those to be better understood. But if you think about these groups of people that rock up at 5.45 in the morning um, to participate in um, what are, you know, fairly grueling workouts, uh, um, to use them as an example to understand how self-determination self theory motivates them to do that. Um, the first one I mentioned was competence, and it's a really key element of motivation. And, and these everyday athletes, you know, the yous and me's of this world, are regularly joining these classes at usually horrible o'clock in the morning. And um, <laughs> what it's actually giving them with competence is they're usually mastering something. 
So they're improving their skills and they have a definitive means of measuring the improvement by the amount of weight they lift or the number of reps they do in a certain amount of time. Um, it could be a heart rate zone reached or maintained or how long it ta- takes them to complete a workout. You know, there's leaderboards often, there's clocks, the timers, all that good stuff. And ultimately they're being provided with a sense of competence or mastering something. So if I think back to my work environment, I no longer ticked that box because I was operating in a world where I'd been in that particular niche area of um, the industry I was in for two decades or more. And I didn't really feel like I was mastering something new. I was just regurgitating what what I already knew rather than learning and, and sort of growing, I guess. So I didn't tick that box. That was a really important one that was missing for me. And as I'm going through these, hopefully your listeners uh, are reflecting on their own situation, whether it's at work or play, and thinking, well, actually, hmm, um, if I'm no longer as excited about what I do, you know, maybe it's because there's no sense of mastery or competence in there any longer. Um, the second one was autonomy. And whilst the brand names I've mentioned, like CrossFit and F45, you know, they're typically quite regimented. So, you know, thou shalt rock up at a certain time and thou shalt do this particular workout that we've written on you know, the whiteboard. Um, and so that doesn't, you'd think that doesn't really give you autonomy because you're being told what to do in quite a regimented way. But if you think about it, I, I still choose to be there at that time. I choose that style of training. I, I choose that facility on that day and at that time. And as a result, I, I'm provided with a sense of autonomy. Um, and actually, that's quite empowering. And I think the same is true in a work environment. Um, if we have that sense of autonomy, then it empowers us. And that, that's a good place to be. So again, I mean, to be fair, for me in my corporate role, I did have a, a high degree of autonomy. So I did tick that box. Um, but you have to tick all three if you want to be truly motivated to operate at a high level. So um, that's autonomy. And the third is relatedness. And certainly the example I'm using of the gym and the brand here, the functional fitness, they do this really, really well. Um, because I, you know, I feel like I'm part of a community that has common interests and really importantly, a common purpose. And that's much more so than if I was just going to a you know traditional globo gym where I just you know, pay a small amount of money and I can go 24 seven and I basically train on my own. Um, and whilst that model is really attractive to a lot of people and it's convenient depending on your work situation, um, it doesn't give you that sense of relatedness. You know, you're missing that sense of community. Um, and certainly that is something that for me in the working environment was missing because I, um, uh, as the equivalent, let's say, of a general manager, which is probably one of the loneliest roles in a business. Um, yeah. And because I was based in Singapore and my teams were everywhere other than Singapore, as it happened, um, I wasn't really part of that community other than on you know, Zoom calls before they were trendy uh, <laughs> and, and so on. But it didn't really tick that box for me. And so, again, um, I think that's really important for, for your listeners to understand um, that all three of these, you know, the, the competence, autonomy and relatedness are what make up the self-determination theory. And that really is at a psychological level what those three things are what really motivate us. And if we take it up to a more uh, sort of meta level, if we think about the Olympics, for example, um, and obviously we very much hope that um, the Olympics um, take place as planned this year. Um, 
But if we think about the Olympics, it, the self-determination theory can be applied there. So it's not just on a sort of small micro level, um, because for sure, the athletes at the, you know, the Olympians, they for sure <laughs> are operating uh, on a daily level, yeah, at a, a level of mastery and striving for greater competence. Uh, it's oh, fair yeah. to say most, most athletes are not participating under duress. And so their autonomy is achieved because they're choosing to do what they're doing and probably living their dream. And, and certainly finally in the sporting world, the Olympics represents the very pinnacle of sporting achievement. And it's, it makes them part of a very elite community of athletes and therefore, you know, all boxes are ticked. So we can see how the Olympics has the power to unite the world through sports. And I guess um, what we're trying to do, particularly with our workplace wellness program, is meet people where they are in the workplace and try and recreate um, that same sense of magic that occurs um, in the gyms each and every day, you know, in, in, on the sports fields, on the tennis courts, um, wherever it is that we're playing and try and recreate that in a work environment for the, for the greater good at the end of the day. Increasing human connection. Uh, that, what was the physical one, the physical cornerstone? Pr promoting physical health and improving. Yeah, promoting health. physical health, improving mental fitness. And then, of course, self-determination theory. I, I love mastery, autonomy, relatedness. Mm. All of this to essentially realize our human potential. That's exactly right. And just imagine if yeah. each of us was to realize our true potential, if each of us did that, if every person in society did that, well, the world would be a different place, wouldn't it? Um, oh, yeah. What I tend to do when, you know, when we're running our seminars or uh, workshops, um, I like to say, I mean, and this is yes, it's not unique to me, but it's certainly a good reminder. I don't think many of us operated 100% of our capacity every day. And yeah. Imagine if you're working in a company with a thousand employees and each of those employees, and if we're being really generous, if everyone's giving 90%, which they're not, but yeah. if they were, um, just look at the potential, not only for the business, but, but for the people within it. If we all operated at that, you know, with that extra 10% and really um, leaned in and gave everything we'd got, uh, the results would be incredible, not, not just for the business, but for the people within the business. Um, and so I guess it's, it's a question, isn't it? It's a question to each of us that we can ask ourselves. You know, did, did, I, did I give 100% yesterday? Will I give 100% today? And it's not just about work. It's in everything we do. And, you know, I talk about the bubble and, you know, we're having an impact on people's lives and sometimes we don't even know it. Sometimes yeah. we don't know that you know, someone's overhearing what we're saying and is either being motivated by it or not. Um, they might see what we do without our knowledge. They're just watching quietly from the sidelines. And we have the chance to be inspiring in what we do or not. It's a choice that we each make. And so um, certainly it's not about putting on a front when we're in public and you know, trying to be trying to almost like, you know, wearing a facade. The whole point here is to, yeah, um, I guess be, be, be authentic and be mindful that people are watching, people are listening, whether you know it or not, that's a reality. And therefore leading by example really is a fundament for life. It's certainly something that's why I, it's the title of my book. And in fact, the title of my book actually says above it, be brave, have fun, lead by example. And I think those, <laughs> those three things are necessary. I think we do need to be brave. Yeah. Um, facing some of the realities of the world we live in, um, 
um, making changes, making deliberate changes, sometimes, yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable. So it does require us to be brave. Having fun, super important. Um, Otherwise, why are we on this planet? (laughs) We might as well try and have some fun while we're here. And I believe that um, we can certainly have more fun by leading by example. Um, And we can certainly have more impact on uh, the world at large and those around us. Yeah. I, I love how you focus on the individual because it does start with us, right? It's And so oftentimes, and now I own my own business, but when I worked with an organization, it was like, oh, you know, I wish they would do this, or I wish my boss would do this, or my team would do this, but it really starts with us. <laughs> oh, so I love absolutely. that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Look, it's... um. Again, to use Ross as an example, I mean, I, I, we had him on one of our weekly webinars recently for the, uh, the Wellness Warriors program that we run, which is the workplace program. And we were talking about purpose and the, you know, the whole question of what, what's your why. And I know, look, it's, sometimes it can feel a bit cliche these days that we talk about oh, our why and our center purpose, but actually it's really not. It's just that I think there's a greater awareness of it. Maybe some marketeers have spoiled it a little but it doesn't detract from the true importance of it. And certainly in the book, um, it was a little bit, well, considered by some, by some of the test readers a bit contentious because in there it, it talks about um, your values. And if they're not aligned, if they're not aligned with the job you're doing or the company you're employed by, then you need to realize that and, and either talk to your boss uh, about if it's the particular role, for example, talk about, um, some sort of succession plan so that you can move into a role that's more fitting with your values. Or at the end of the day, if you're not aligned with the values of the company you're working for, go work somewhere else. You know, <laughs> yeah. like lead by example. You, you know, no one's forcing you to be there. Certainly in the Western world, that's true. And so, um, and th- what was considered somehow contentious was, oh, but you know, if you're going to have HR executives or, or, uh, HR managers reading this, they might not like that. I said, well, then they should go back to the beginning of that chapter and read it again. Because for the individual to be in the wrong role or the wrong business, it doesn't serve them. In the same way, it doesn't serve the business because you won't be performing as a, you know, a member of a high performing team. It's not possible because you're, you're not adequately motivated. Um, and the example that uh, we tend to use is if you think about um, jobs or careers like lawyers, for example, um, you know, in society these days, lawyers are certainly held in a certain level of regard. They, they tend to earn good money and they have a certain position within society, let's say. Um, but actually, if you were to dig in with, uh, let's say, a thousand lawyers and ask them, well, why? Why are you a lawyer? You know, how, how does that serve you? How does that serve your values? Um, it might be interesting the, some of the answers you get because it may be that actually deep down, and then again, if you think about the self-determination theory, they didn't actually, they weren't born onto this planet to become lawyers, or it might be they're in a certain type of law that doesn't tick their boxes, but it's, you know, it's the most profitable and I'm expected to, to, to achieve certain things and earn a certain amount of money. But it might be that they're not actually um, as content or fulfilled as they may be. And that's the same, you know, not just with lawyers, of course, in, in any vast range of careers and jobs. Um, but the bottom line is if, if we're all determined to lead by example and live the best life we can and, and to be brave and to have fun, um, then it may be that we do have to ask ourselves the tough questions. And I mean, they're for the greater good, aren't they? For ourselves and for those around us. Um, right. 
So uh, you can be sure that did not get changed in that chapter. The chapter remained <laughs> as it was. <laughs> uh, and if that's considered provocative by some, so be it. Good. Because um, it's making you think. Um, it, it's asking you know, some of the tougher questions within yourself. Um, so it doesn't seek to cause trouble. It, it seeks to ask, uh, yeah, to, to, I guess, cause real reflection. Uh, yeah, growth. Yeah, exactly right, growth. Yeah, <laughs> get that growth going exponentially. <laughs> yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So can you share a little bit more about where to find your book and then some other other products or services that you provide? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the book is available at leadbyexamplebook.com. Um, certainly one of the... One of the things that we're quite proud of is that everything we do at the Bay Games um, is fundamentally aligned with Lifeline Australia, so um, suicide prevention and mental health. And so 50% of the profits from every book sale goes directly to Lifeline to help fund their calls. Um, each call costs $39 Australian. Um, and one of the metrics we have in place for our business is for how many calls this year can we pay for? Um, and we have a number of ways of, of achieving our targets around that. And, and certainly the book is one of them. Um, I'm not JK Rowling, so I, I'm not selling books to try and make money. Um, <laughs> myself. That's just the, the reality of the world. So the book is very much designed to um, impart knowledge and wisdom, um, provide guidance, um, there's some some pretty honest uh, and open anecdotes and stories in there, which uh, hopefully are amusing. That seems to be the feedback I'm getting, and therefore it's engaging. But um, yeah, leadbyexamplebook.com, and um, yeah, if you you can grab a physical copy of the book there, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It's a fixed price, or you're going to send it to you wherever you are. Plus, uh, you'll be able to um, you'll get a code that means you can get access to the audiobook version as well, which is great. Um, nice. If anyone if anyone wanted to know more about the Bay Games, then certainly the Bay Games dot com dot a uh, no just dot com sorry um <laughs> uh, <laughs> will work as well <laughs> um and certainly that's where we we have uh, a range of online um workshops and seminars we have an online global competition around functional fitness but we also have our signature event um here in jerbs bay every november um and even though um it may be it may, may be tricky still at the time of listening to this uh, with travel um so there's a whole bunch of um, material and, and videos and there's a documentary and a podcast and all sorts of good stuff. So if people were interested to find out more, they could certainly um, go and, and dig in here. And if you go to our website, there is a start here section with a big arrow. So um, that would be, <laughs> Can't the, miss that it. Would be the hint. <laughs> Trying to make life easier. <laughs> So it has been awesome, great nuggets of wisdom, but I'm going to ask you for your final piece of advice here. Yeah, sure. Look, um, fundamentally, I think your, your environment dictates your performance. And I think we each have much more control over our environment than perhaps we feel like we have. And it really does come back to knowing your why. Um, and I would encourage everyone to make it non-negotiable to, to have fun, be brave, and to lead by example. And in fact, I like, I like to finish with a question, if I may, which is, um, what, to, to each person listening to this, what did you do today so far that will help carry someone else forward in their lives? Mm. It could be your significant other, a coworker, um, a direct report, or indeed a complete stranger. Um, and if you can't think of an example, now is a great time to consciously do so. Mm. I love it. Nice challenge for our folks. Go do it <laughs> if you haven't already. 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Matt. No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me on. If you'd like to learn more about Matt, visit his website at leadbyexamplebook.com. Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secrettosuperproductivity.com.